Welcome to your first ever Politics A-Level podcast. I've decided to do a series of podcasts for you to help you with your revision. The idea is to take a really small section of the specification to explain some key terms and to give you some examples to help with your revision. We're going to start with paper three, unit three, which is the presidency. And in today's podcast, we're going to go through where does the power for the president lie in the constitution? What are the formal powers for the president and what are the informal powers? So enjoy listening. Okay, so if we start by looking in the Constitution, the Constitution for um, for us looking at, um, you know, powers and how um, power is divided in America, it is the most important place to start. And so if we're flicking through the Constitution, we have a really good definition um, of the roles and the responsibilities of the president. And those lie in Article 2 of the Constitution. And within that, it has four sections. The first section tells us about the nature of the presidency. So it tells us things like um, how executive power must be vested in a president, which we're going to come back to talk about in a moment. It also tells us things like the time period that a president can serve for. So we know that's a four year term. It gives an explanation of presidential elections. It gives presidential requirements. So talking about the fact that the president must be 35 years um, old, a US born citizen uh, and a resident for 14 years. So that's section one. When we come to section two, it's looking at the powers of the president. So these are the formal powers which are made um, for the president to be able to carry out the duties um, that are required. And they involve things like commander in chief, um, pardon and reprieve, make treaties, appoint ambassadors and judges and officials. Section three talks about the responsibilities of the president. So we have things like the State of the Union addressed to Congress, um, convening special sessions of Congress, receiving ambassadors and faithfully executing laws. And finally, in section four, we have outlined for us the impeachment process and the fact that a president can be impeached for treason, bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors, of which we've seen in the last year um, a president being impeached twice, um, something that's never been seen before in history in America. So now we've got kind of a broad overview um, what are the specifics of the formal and informal powers? As I mentioned before, then we've got um, section one is talking about um, the executive power shall be vested in the president of the United States of America. 
and it and it doesn't actually go on to clarify what executive power is it doesn't define it it's really vague um and actually it's allowed for considerable growth of the presidency over time so actually that's an area which is is quite vague if we move on to section two, we have a list of enumerated or formal powers of the presidency. And these were the ones that I've mentioned previously when we went through what each of those four sections are. So just to re recap um, and just to, to give you a few more examples, powers that are enumerated are essentially those that are written down. So in this case, we know that it's written down in the Constitution. So the enumerated powers of the president of the USA are commander in chief, negotiating treaties, uh, state of the union address, appointing judges, officers of the United States, ambassadors, um, making recess appointments, um, giving out pardons and reprieves, convening a special session of the Congress and approving and vetoing legislation. Okay, so informal powers are slightly different um, in the sense that they are um, not granted explicitly the con by the Constitution, but which are taken, um, which are either taken away, uh, taken anyway, or enable the president to gain power. So they're in addition to powers granted. And actually, the president is able to use the political circumstances of the day and the framework of the government to sort of develop that type of power. So the, um, the informal powers that we looked at together, um, we looked at a few. So the first was uh, looking at uh, national events. Um, we talked about uh, George Bush, George W. Bush uh, being the consoler in chief um, over 9-11. Uh, we also talked about him then, obviously, with Hurricane Katrina and how that actually changed for him in terms of um, popularity. So we talked about how an informal power would be that of a national event. Um, we then moved on to sort of look at this idea of um, personality and persuasion. Um, so we looked at a famous quote from Richard Neustadt, who claimed that because the president's power are so limited constitutionally, he must be able to use his reputation. And we had the quote from him, presidential power is the power to persuade. Um, and, you know, we've used, we've looked at various different examples of different presidents throughout time, but I think we would probably um, want to be talking about Donald Trump here with his personality um, and comparing him um, to Obama because the personality types are just so different. And we've talked about that quite quite a big sort of length in lessons. So we've had uh, Obama with the conciliatory and calm approach to politics. We've had Trump as the aggressive and the brash, um, not so much of an international um, diplomat, um, you know, both having their positives and their negatives with some examples that we looked at with Donald Trump and the, and the uh, pulling USA out of the Paris Climate Accord in 2017. Um, and we were looking at um, looking at the Iran nuclear agreement between Obama um, and the president of Iran. 
So we've looked at both of those two as well. The next type of informal power we um, were analysing was the cabinet. And we were looking at the positions in the cabinet with the makeup of the 15 heads of the executive departments. Um, we were looking at what those departments were. We were talking about the fact that there is no constitutional power and no electoral mandate for this. But they are used as an advice to the president. Um, so the president always has the final say on executive policy. But the key influence lies with individuals that are selected and trusted by the president. And remember, the president can appoint. But as we know from the news recently, um, it's down to the Senate to um, make those appointments um, valid. OK, so um, we then went on to look at informal power of the vice president. And we talked very much about the relationship between Joe Biden and Obama. Um, and we talked about the fact that the vice president really has no real power apart from being the next in line to the presidency um, and possibly being that tie breaking vote in the Senate, which we know Kamala Harris is uh, currently. Um, and then finally, we looked at this interesting area of um, the White House called the Executive Office of the President or the EXOP. Um, and the executive branch has been created to support the many roles of the president. Um, so it suggests legislative agenda um, to ensure laws are put into practice smoothly. Um, and we looked at the fact that there are just under sort of three million employees in federal bureaucracy. Um, and some of them are working in the EXAP based in Washington. And the departments that are involved in that uh, we call the West Wing. Um, which is where the Oval Office and the Advisors' Offices are, which is opposite to the East Wing, which we've got the First Lady staff, um, Correspondent staff, General Public Relations. The EXOP consists of uh, various different offices, including um, the National Security Council, um, the Office of Management and Budget, um, the National Economic Council, um, Domestic Policy. And the ones that we focused on really were um, looking at the National Security Council, um, the um, Office of Management and Budget, and the White House Office, and particularly the Chiefs of Staff and their um, relationship that they have with, with the President. Um, and it, uh, probably an interesting one for you to look at with regards to examples there would be President Trump um, and the different um, approaches he had to the Chiefs of Staff um, which are very, very interesting compared to previous predecessors in that office. Um, so that's just a very, very quick overview, uh, just going through really quickly informal and formal powers. Where do I find my power in the Constitution? So that's it for today. And uh, I will post up a, a new one for you uh, for the next tiny little topic within the presidency carrying along this lines. I hope you found this really useful. Um, I've really enjoyed doing it, so it will be really great to uh, to see where it goes. Thanks for listening. So that's just a very, very quick overview, uh, just going through really quickly informal and formal powers. Where do I find my power in the Constitution? So that's it for today. 
and uh, I will post up a, a new one for you uh, for the next tiny little topic within the presidency carrying along this lines. I hope you found this really useful. Um, I've really enjoyed doing it, so it will be really great to uh, to see where it goes. Thanks for listening.